I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. One of the things that we love, there's a lot of things we love about doing the Diesel Podcast, but one of them is that we don't sell parts. So the content that we are able to bring to you guys, it's not driven based on are we going to get you guys to buy from us or order from us or anything like that. We're in the business of bringing you guys stories, bringing you guys builds, information that you're not going to find anywhere else. It gives us ultimate freedom with the the guests that we have, the topics. I I saw a message the other day from someone that said, hey, I love hearing from you know guys who are just building their trucks or they did a restoration. And that's what we can bring you because we don't look at an episode and say, hey, um, if we have this person on, what's our bottom line going to be? Is somebody going to order something from us? And that's like today's episode. This truck, the, the gentleman had messaged us in on, on, uh, on Instagram, and I looked at his page, and we've been doing this podcast since January 2016. I've really been into diesel since 2007 or 8. I've never seen anything like this. And I was like, yeah, you know, let's do an episode. Let's chat about it. So we guarantee you have not seen a 6.7 liter Cummins at 1,000 plus horsepower that has the amount of detail that this truck has. So I'm really excited to be able to chat with Zach. He's the owner of the truck. He's going to tell us about it, the companies that have helped him, the process that he went through, which it hasn't been smooth. There are road bumps along the way and future plans that he has for it. And so we're, we're really pumped to be able to chat with him today, bringing this episode. If you're a Cummins fan, if you just love diesels, you're going to love this episode and maybe get some ideas for your build. Before we get to it, though, I want to encourage you guys, make sure and head on over to our Discord. I started it last summer. This thing's grown tremendously. We're almost at 400. It seems like every time every time we're doing an episode, it's like, oh, we're almost at 200, almost at 300. Well, we're almost at 400. Love seeing the builds you guys have, seeing the chats that you're having in the Power Stroke section, the Cummins section about Duramaxes, what injectors you put in, um, ideas for trying to find a truck. You know, is this a good truck to buy? Or you're running into problems. Maybe it won't start. Um, you know, it's really cold outside and people are jumping in, answering questions. So it's a great place to, to be. It's totally free to join. We have tons of sections on there. We built it for you guys to be able to chat with us, chat with other podcast fans and be able to get the information that you need. We're also going to have a link down below to our Patreon, which if you'd like to support us, it's a way to help us grow, continue to be able to bring you these stories and be able to expand You know what we're doing. We have a lot of big plans for 2022 and look forward to bringing you guys even more diesel content. All right, let's get to today's episode with Zach and learning about this completely one-of-a-kind 6.7 liter Cummins. Zach, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I am glad we were able to connect and, and chat about your truck. And uh, I love when uh, when the guest parks their truck behind them because I, I get to look at the truck and everything while, uh, while we're chatting. So welcome to the podcast. Look forward to talking with you today, learning more about your build. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. We're uh, I'm excited to be here. This is definitely one of those things where, you know, the whole late teen of my life I spent <laughs> listening to this and here I am sitting on the other end so <laughs> well it's really cool. cool I've I've seen your truck um on Instagram at different you know companies and and just you know following your page and and seeing you know what's going on so walk us through you know from the start of getting the truck to you know, the process you went through with building it what your goals were and, and how the whole process went yeah so uh I bought the truck in 2017, a year after I graduated high school. Um, I bought the truck in probably one of the most ridiculous ways I think maybe anybody's ever stumbled across the 2012 Cummins. Uh, I went to a dealership looking for a 5.9, you know, high school boy dreams, wanted a flatbed and slap a welder on it. We were going south. And uh, 
We got there, and every five nine they showed me was claps. I mean, the, the wheel, tough. the stock wheels might have been the most valuable part of the entire vehicle every time. And they were looking high, and, or they claimed to have been looking high and low for me for a five nine. I mean, really, it's not that hard of a task. But they walked me by this, and this thing was the ugliest thing you've ever seen. I'll send you a picture of it when it was when I first got it. I mean, chrome bumpers, chrome door handles, chrome rain guards. I mean, the guy who owned this was a 72-year-old man who spent half his time in Vermont and the rest of the time out west with horses, like southwest. And so the truck really, I picked it up with 54,000 miles on it and a blown transmission. Bought it for 29 grand in 2017, and I bought it 2012. So. I mean, that alone right there, I thought I did pretty good on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, and the 29 grand that I bought the truck for also came with a brand new OEM 68 RV trans in it. So because the dealership had some personal issues going on with their dealer tech and the trans tech and whatnot, and they messed the trans up twice putting it in. And so I owned the truck for a month and a half, and I, didn't, I had yet to have actually driven it. And uh, the guys at the dealership just kind of understood like the frustration. I was like, man, like it'd be one thing if I could drive it. Yeah. But I haven't even gotten the chance. Like, I don't even know what I bought. <laughs> this thing could be a complete lemon for all I know. And uh, they just so happened to kind of work something out. They slapped in a trans uh, and that trans was in it for up until a couple months ago. The truck now has a hundred like I think 10,000 miles on it from leaving uh, out West. It has 4,658 miles on it. So it's still new. Uh, yeah, we picked the truck up and I basically drove it stock for like two years and then that gets boring quick. Yeah, it does. Well, when you were, when you were driving at stock, what, um, and you were thinking ahead a little bit and you're like, Oh, this is kind of boring. What kind of goals did you set for Like, did you have like a hard number in mind, a particular look for the truck that you wanted and then follow that plan? Or did it just kind of happen, you know, kind of as you went along? Uh, so when I was, so I got it right around 18, 19 years old. And I was like, of course I was just, hoop you boy i mean like yeah we want we want to go fast yeah and so i had always kind of intended to hit uh nine horsepower range i mean four digits is way cooler than three you can ask any millionaire they'll agree um and so we we're that was kind of the goal was you know like i want to be different and around here like in vermont not there wasn't a ton of thousand horsepower trucks. There's a couple seven, eight hundred, and like those were the those guys were the guys. And now there's me, uh, this guy Nick Lambert, uh, Andrew Kehart. Like there's a bunch of us up here now that I think there's probably like a well-known 15 guys with thousand plus horsepower trucks. And so it's kind of cool that you know I I'm I'm in that group. When, if you go back a year, I was a 440 horsepower truck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we thought he was king shit of Turd Island. Like, <laughs> I was the man. And uh, so I had always kind of intended to 
be up there. And that's kind of where the savings began. I mean, I just started, I was like a little squirrel with a bunch of acorns. We were just hiding as much as we could until we were ready. And then, uh, yeah, it was just like one day. I remember I called the Unique Performance probably about eight months before we started the build. And I talked to, I talked to one of the guys over there and I was just kind of like the initial build was like, okay, let's, the idea was let's make this thing like reliable, like from or from front end work all the way to the rear, like, like everything gets redone, brakes, rotors, ball joints, wheel bearing, like you name it. Let's redo it. Let's make this thing solid and then worry about the horsepower. Cause in my eyes, like, I mean, you go on Instagram and everybody and their brother has a thousand horsepower truck. It used to be a milestone or like the place to be. And now it's just, it, it's almost like, okay. Yeah. Hey, you got a trans and a tune and delete. Like it, it's, it's like more common thing to be yeah. now. Yeah. And so it was like thousand horsepower. Yeah. You can get there and you can get there pretty relatively easily. And so that was the whole idea. And the more I got into it, the more like I started looking into it, that idea became like a, Hey, yeah, no, this isn't, this isn't, you're no longer in plug and play mode. Like we're here. And so that's when like the creativity started, like, yeah. All right, let's hit a thousand horsepower and let's hit a thousand horsepower. Cool. Cause hitting a thousand horsepower is sick. Hitting a thousand horsepower with 24 karat gold. Now that was cool. That was fun. I had a good time with that one. <laughs> I know pretty much everybody involved also did. <laughs> well, with um, when when you set out that goal and and you're getting ready to start the build, did you have like a list of parts that you knew? Hey, I want this CP3, these injectors, this turbo, um, this transmission, or were there people that that helped you <clears throat> along the way, or maybe advised you and said, "Hey, I I hit this number with my truck. I'd run this setup, or you know, go with this transmission or that turbo." So, uh, one thing that was 100% for sure was I've been a sucker for the full manual valve body for ever. I mean, that, that trans was always just the style. Yeah. And Levi over at unique performance, he presented a hell of a good trans. And so we, I reached out. And that was, that was, that was, that's where I wanted. I wanted the 1010 party transmission. I mean, everything, everything that it can have, I wanted it because at the end of the day, I'm driving Mopar. And the last part I want to put in that is another transmission. (laughs) All right. It's okay. I didn't blow any trannies, but I did buy it with none. with a missing transmission so oh yeah well, well it, it being like a, a, a cummins guy or dodge guy like we're used to that where we know we're going to get into the transmission game pretty quick and, <laughs> yes and it's like you know you think if you cut any corners with it or, or something like that then you're like man this the motor can handle another three four hundred horsepower but i didn't do this billet shaft or i didn't do this or do that so yeah going going you know to the best of the best that you could put in something is definitely the way to go yeah, I mean, there was no point to cut corners. With the uh, now with the motor right, itself, first calling, seeing what time they could come get their car. <laughs> with um, the with the motor itself, what what did you do there? 
Uh, so the motor is kind of uh, the motor was fun. That was probably like one of my more uh, involved parts. I mean, the transmission. I bought it and I bought the package and it came with what it came. You don't really add. You can't really add anything more. Um, we got in the motor. So it all started with like, obviously, yeah, the seven, eight, nine hundred horse somewhere in that range, and then it just escalated from there. Um, I hit like the projected 800 horsepower range and we were kind of, I was brought down or they basically talked to me and they're like, Hey, so, uh, you're in the 800 horsepower range, top end, you're solid. They were like, bottom end, bottom end is where problems will start to arise. And actually I specifically remember it was like almost midnight here. I was sitting in the garage with like four of my friends and we were sitting here and uh, we had a few beverages and I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's do a long block. And before I knew it, I was wire transferring over money for a long block. And all my friends were like, I can't believe you just did that. And I was like, shit, I did just do that. Yeah. All right. Hey, here we are. We're going for a thousand now. <laughs> There's no more brake pumping. We're going for it. Yeah. And then, uh, so, I mean, the engine is a Freedom Racing Stage 2. They call it the White Snake Edition. Uh, I have a printout of, like, legitimately every <laughs> thing that is inside of that motor. Uh, one second. Let me find it. I think that's one of the cool things about, uh, about doing a build is just, <clears throat> I think the you'd mentioned the creative process and then, you know, it's like you think, well, I want 750, 800. And then, you know, it's like, well, I go a little bit farther. I go to good with 1,000. And I'm sure, you know, being there, you're looking to the next step of, well, where can I take the, the truck next? So I think that's one of the, the big things with builds that, you know, a lot of, a lot of people can get uh, not necessarily stuck on, but kind of confused is, you know, where, um, where, where should I take it and will I be happy with it? And I know we'll get in, get into that a little bit, you know, on the podcast, but, um, yeah, I think hearing about the motor and, and the, uh, you know, fuel and air setup and stuff is always, is really yeah. exciting. It was so, uh, fuel and air, the, all that kind of took some trial and error. We, uh, so Levi was, Levi was pretty helpful with majority of any question I pretty much had. He had a suggestion. Of course, I'm not, I'm a stubborn person when it comes to like, okay, yeah, you give me a suggestion. That's sweet. What do these other guys also suggest? So I was asking around and I was getting a few other opinions and I wasn't getting opinions from people online necessarily. It was more like, okay, like I know this guy and I know his work and I know what he can do. What do you think about this? Uh, Chase Fleece had given me a suggestion when I stopped in there on the way home with the truck, uh, he was 100% convinced. He was like, you need to do a 76, a 476 turbo. He's like a one housing, like you need to increase it. He goes, you put air to it. He goes, you got 1100 all day long on fuel. Easy. And so like, that was one of those things where like, you know, I had wanted a seven, a 476 and uh, other people were dead set in stone. And like the 472 is where, was enough, but it, everybody else was like, man, that's too narrow. Or, that's too tight. Like whatever. And, and it proved to be too tight. I mean, we popped two of them 
um, within 600 miles of the truck's life. And then I limped at home on a 68, a 468. And then uh, right now I got a 476. And evidently, I think me and the 70s numbers just don't get along. I put 13 <laughs> miles on with the 76 and popped the head gasket. So, <laughs> I mean, trial and error, trial and error. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely is. I think it's really cool, though, that you could, you know, reach out to, you know, like um, Chase Fleece and just be able to say, hey, you know, what do you recommend? Or, hey, Levi, what do you recommend for this or that? And having that help when you're going into this build and even in the yeah. middle of it's really cool. I, I, I'm very fortunate for that opportunity. I mean, I, I'm sure there's a hundred thousand people in their inboxes, like poking their brain about a question they don't have a lick of skin into. And uh, Chase Fleece, the, the whole entire Fleece company, family, all of those guys over there, man, I can't tell you how amazing those guys are. So I ran into like uh, the first issue with what we thought may have been the head gasket and or a uh, bad coolant cap. Like there was, there was a handful of things that we had to like start cheap and then work our way toward, you know, the punishing payments. And uh, anytime I call those guys are right there, like, Hey, what's going on? And like, I could FaceTime them. Uh, everybody, everybody was just kind of like reaching out. Hey, how can we help? How can we help? And so the, the guys over at freedom racing and fleece performance like me, Hats off to those guys. That's customer service that like, honestly, you expect what you don't expect. Like I, I couldn't expect a company that is as big as those guys to, for one of the owners to be there. Like, Hey, he messaged me directly on Facebook and was like, Hey, how can I help? He's like, he's like something failed and the uh, fleece is actually fixing the truck. So the, 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 they're they're They are fixing that. They were like that, that, well, we're, don't worry about it. Like, we're going to make sure everything's okay. That's cool. Which, which is unreal. Like, it's honestly super, super awesome because, like, that best Christmas gift ever. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> want nothing else. Like, hey, uh, I, I was pretty, I was pretty almost ready to like put the truck in the garage for a couple of years, and I'll get back to it later. <laughs> I was, it had been a long summer, and I had missed a lot of things with it being gone and i was like man i'd like i'm i'm getting into real estate like i'm doing all these things like i i can't keep putting money into something that's never going to pay me back this thing this thing is never going to pay me back <laughs> ever how did you through the process how did you how did you maintain the like the enthusiasm the patience the vision for it when maybe some unexpected things pop up or there's some delays or just things that you didn't expect. I think that's where a lot of people can also get kind of, um, you know, stuck a bit with a build and, and, uh, don't necessarily know, you know, how to get through it. Cause you're so excited when you first start, you have this goal, you start to order parts, things start to come in, you see stuff's delivered, you're getting updates from the shop and then things happen that can, uh, you know, be outside everyone's control, but just how to, how to kind of keep that, uh, you know, enthusiasm there. Um, I think a part of it was, uh, part of it was, uh, the fact that like I own my own business. So I kind of understand the inability to like constantly, like I can't be on the phone with the customer the entire time doing, the, doing their job, but I, but I can, uh, of course, I, I mean, that's kind of like 
somebody's big project here is not nowhere near what this big project was somewhere else. Like, like this is 70 times the value of one of my big projects. But even like when it's one of my big projects, I still keep the customer informed. And because like at the end of the day, like there's nothing that beats like the excitement on a customer's face when they see like something. And so uh, I drove it out to Wyoming to kind of help me with that maintain thing. Because if I had gone to the shop that's across the street, uh, there's not a doubt in my mind that that man could have done this and would have done it and would have, it would have been an amazing experience. The issue I had was I didn't want to walk outside my door every day and see my pickup sitting there. Cause if I saw it sitting there for two days in a row, I'd be like, man, you going to do something with it? Like, yeah. like, what the hell? Like I would get, I would get frustrated with it where this one's sitting 3000 some odd miles away from me. I don't see this thing unless it's on Instagram. And so it was like, and that, that was, that was, it. it was like when it was on Instagram, like I got excited because I was finally getting to know where my truck was at. And then I like, I would get the, okay, all right, that's where it's at. Sweet. Like I uh, throughout the build, like, obviously we were excited. I, I think I probably heard more about myself when I brought this truck out to Wyoming than I knew about myself. Everybody around here was like, yeah, you're building, you're building your pickup. Da, 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 da. And there's a lot of people who were like, yeah, I, I, he's been planning this for years. And then there's a lot of people who were like, oh no, it was an overnight thing. No, no, it wasn't. But they, uh, a lot of people, like we had a lot of plans with it. like it was ultimately I was told when I dropped the truck off, it was a month and a half. So when I was told a month and a half, like I got back here and a month and a half came and went like that. Like I was excited. We, and I'm like, I call him like a month in. I was like, Hey, I'm just making sure we're still on track for, you know, the end of the month. And it was, uh, no, we haven't even started your truck. Oh, all right. Okay. So what are we thinking? Oh, uh, well, we don't really know. And I was like, well, UCC is a couple months away. We'll be ready for ultimate call-out challenge. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be ready for that. No problem. Sweet. So, obviously, I like to try to plan ahead. Everything's cheaper when you plan ahead. And so, like, I buy a plane ticket, book a hotel room for UCC, do this stuff. Three days before ultimate call-out challenge, I call to check in. Oh, yeah, no, hey, we haven't even got your motor yet. Oh, all right. How about Daytona truck me? Is, is it going to be ready for that? Yeah, yeah, it should be ready for that. No problem. Okay, so then we start making moves down to there. And then, oh, yeah, no, it's not ready. And now that's where, like, the, that's probably one of the biggest frustrations I went through is, like, it was, like, I, I, I don't even necessarily think that, like, it was intentional. I think it was just the way of the world. Yeah. Things just didn't work out over and over again. And so, like, there was a time where I got pretty frustrated. And I was like, look, stop telling me dates. Because when you tell me dates, I spend money to, like, be ready to be there. So that way I'm not holding you guys up. So that way we can keep this going as fast as possible. And then it doesn't happen, and I get stiffed. And so it was, it like, there was, there was a couple of those that really, where you say, like, people get frustrated and, like, lose their momentum. That was probably right where it began. It was like. Man, I don't, 
what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it's more common over the last couple of years with that, where, you know, before 2020, it, like dates and how streamlined everything would be, you know, you, you could overnight a turbo if you wanted to pay the freight for it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, you get a week turnaround on, on a transmission or something like that. But with all these issues that are out there with supply and I think demand as well, it's just, it's an entirely different process. And I know a lot of people have been building their trucks the last couple of years. And, and I think that's a common thing they run into is just, you know, what if, um, you know, what if, what if the timelines don't line up or, you know, something takes a little bit longer or you're waiting on this one component that, you know, is on a national back order. Well, well the- so that, that right there is actually like a massive, that, that one specific line right there. So, uh, the, I think it's a what, 37 uh, spline uh, shaft for the trans. Uh, yeah, 37 spline. Yeah. Um, they, there's a national back order on it. And the one that was ordered for my trans sitting in here right now still hasn't came in. And I mean, it was ordered in January for March. So many months ago. Yeah. And so, like, there's the, like, that still hasn't came in. Luckily, there was a guy who had kind of pre-prepared his build, and he had a shaft sitting there, that, which is the one I ordered. And Levi just kind of reached out to him and was like, hey, man, uh, I got a truck that's here. Like, all he's waiting on is this one part, and your truck doesn't come in for another year. Can I, can I take your part and put it in his truck so we can get him down the road? I'll, I'll have yours. You'll get his once his comes in. And the guy was super cool. He was like, yeah, go ahead. Like, that's fine. Like that was, that was cool. But like, had that not been the case, I would be, my truck still be sitting there waiting on a billet shaft. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how, how, you know, all that works. I, I, uh, I noticed when I was looking at your page, you have a lot of really great pictures of your truck and it's super clean. And I wanted to ask you a bit about that, which ties in with your business as well. And the things that you do is how do you keep that truck that clean in an area where it snows? <laughs> well, so, uh, I mean, you can tell it's got snow in it right now. But that's cause it's sitting outside waiting for its open heart surgery. Um, other than that, I mean, this truck gets parked typically the beginning of October, like beginning of October, it's sitting in a heated garage. Um, one of my friend's father, uh, he's got a beautiful, beautiful garage. <laughs> and it sits right next to his speedboat. And he always takes pictures of it and sends it to me. He goes, one of these days, I'm going to hook up to the boat. <laughs> and I'm just going to disappear. And you're going to be out of pickup. <laughs> but his boat's red. And oh, his boat's beautiful. But they just go hand in hand together. So it's convenient that it gets to sit there right next to that beautiful piece of machinery. And so that's the, the truck spends a lot of time under storage. And then, uh, I mean, I, I'm kind of a neat freak in a sense that <laughs> we, uh, cleaning is just kind of my gig. Yeah. I got into detailing cars right around the same time I got this. And it's funny that you say like, Oh yeah, your truck's always clean. It, it is literally always clean. <laughs> and, uh, that's how I started cleaning cars. Was everybody's like, oh, your truck's always clean. You ever going to clean mine? Yeah, sure. Why not? And then it started with like doing the neighbors. And then before I knew it, I was doing 350 cars a year. And now, I mean, this year I'm over 500. 
event open three years now and full-time too. So yeah. it's like, it, it just kind of snowballed. Yeah. It's, well, it's one of those things I, I'm like that as well. I always have been. And so whenever I'm, I'm looking at a, a truck or a build or a page or something like that, I always kind of pick up on the smaller, you know, just the little details of, you know, I'm sure if you got underneath it, it's immaculate there in the engine bay and the cowl yeah. and just you know, all that stuff. And it's just like, you really tell when somebody's passionate about and meticulous, you know, about their truck. Well, so the, uh, the underneath is, uh, the underneath is fairly clean. I mean, again, like if you look at a truck from South Carolina, our frames look two totally different levels of fairly clean. His fairly clean has stone chips. My fairly clean has some rust flaking here, rust flaking there, and there's nothing I can do about it. I mean, it's it's in the environment. But uh, this spring, we uh, this truck will get a whole redo one more time. Last time, I swear, I promise. <laughs> We're done after this. Uh, we're going to pull the cab and the bed off and basically uh, restore the frame. Once the frame's done, uh, the whole truck needs to be painted. I mean, it's been in hindsight, I've painted this whole truck twice, but different sections every time. Like, okay, hey, let's do the bedsides. All right, let's do like a rock or the those OEM fender flares. All right, well, I got this. And uh, a couple of years ago, I had it stored at another facility. And for whatever reason, the guy who owned the place got his plow truck stuck. Well, so instead of like grabbing his personal truck that like he had in storage, he just hopped in, fired mine up, backed up, and went to go pull it out. Well, I parked it on arguably the baldest set of OEM wheels you can find. They're just sad to look at and he slid on ice and drove the whole passenger side of the truck into a dumpster oh wow and then just didn't tell me and so like i just showed up to pick it up he's like no that's how you parked it i'm like that is not how i parked. like i <laughs> no <laughs> and that wound up like a big ordeal but like the pa the passenger bed and two doors got painted well this year we were when we were doing the wheels because the wheels are custom painted uh, we did uh, more of like a uh, almost honey mustard kind of gold color for the backside of the wheels. I wanted to go thicker with that because I didn't want to do like a bright 24 karat gold thing because it's going to get rail dust on it anyways, like with brake matter. So it was, if it was a darker gold, it actually tended to hold up a bit better when it came to like looking cleaner being dirtier yeah and we uh so when we were doing that i was like hey here's an idea and like this is and i i bet you're probably one of few people who ever noticed it if you look at a picture of my truck from the passenger side there's one piece missing and one piece missing only i have no antenna i smoothed the passenger fender oh yeah i didn't i didn't pick up on that right i knew there was like something but i can show it there. we'll go for an adventure real quick <laughs> So yeah, like times typically we're out here and we smooth it over. And so like that was just one of those ideas where like, you know, let's be different. Like the yeah. angry eyes. The angry eyes are probably one of my favorite parts of the truck. The angry eyes and the stance, like it all just kind of complements together. 
How hard, uh, you mentioned having different parts of it repainted at different times. Is it, how hard is it to match like that particular color of red with different batches? Is that the main reason you want to completely redo yeah, it? So it's all that the same. Is 100%. The only reason I want to redo it, the paint's got no issues. I mean, the rockers, you can run your hand under the rockers. There's no paint flaking. There's no rust. There's nothing like that. Uh, I legitimately want to repaint it for, for the simple fact of if you look at a photo of it, the bumper is a slightly darker or lighter red than the hood and the fender is a different red than the fender flare. Like it, it's just nearly impossible to match this specific red. And the guy who paints the truck is a absolutely ungodly painter. This kid is a gift with a gun. And anybody in Vermont, Kyle's customs. He's, he's a good man. Good man right there. Um, yeah. And so he's one of those, like, he's the one who was like, we need to repaint this. He's like, we're, he's like, we'll redo it. He goes, man, you'll crank it out one night. You guys just pay for paint. Like, like he's like, let's make this thing pretty. And so that was just kind of the thing was like, he, he's like, I hate it. Cause I know the paint's not all the same. Notice that on, uh, the first truck I had was a bright silver metallic silver one. And, uh, I only had, I bought the truck brand new and I had it like two months and somebody in a parking lot, it was at like home Depot, one of those metal carts hit the fender. And I was like, man, I have like, you know, 500 miles on this truck and it's already got a dent. But I, I remember how difficult it was just to, for the paint shop to be able to match the rest of the silver. And, you know, that particular color red, I thought, yeah, that's going to be tough to get to get it all uniform unless you do it all at once. You're gonna exactly, and uh, not only that, but like the mirrors. So I got a thing with like textured plastic. It drives me nuts. Well, so the loophole around the textured plastic is painted more than once. So technically, we, I painted those mirrors black the first go around because I was like, oh, maybe that'll look good, and that was just not, not it. Nope. It lasted two days and I yanked the mirrors back up. We're like, yeah, we're going to do these again. And so they went black underneath and then we just kind of, we put red on it and then it was just kind of like this. Well, the mirrors are a slightly darker tone of red because of the black laying underneath. And so it's like, damn it. <laughs> Swing and miss again. Uh, this truck's just kind of always just kind of been like, we've always had fun doing it. Like, there's never been anything really that me or anybody I've been involved with. It hasn't been fun. Like the interior is probably the interior is probably one thing that like really sets this truck aside. Is the well, so I've got Laramie seats waiting to go in it, but we just haven't made that yet. Hang on, let me get rid of that ding. So like you can see, like everything's gold. Yeah. So all of this gold matches the wheels and like even like back there like the pillars on the door like we just tried to get creative with it because well it's no fun being the same guy on yeah. somebody else's instagram page like <laughs> like there's, there's a hundred red trucks but yeah making it your own yeah you gotta be creative and that's that's where like that was like my favorite part of this whole build was like when levi came to me and he was like because the whole plan was gold to begin with. Levi came to me and he's like, what about gold plating? And I was like, gold plating? And he's like, yeah. He's like, 
I've never seen anybody do it on a diesel pickup. And then like the more we looked into it, I don't, I think I was the first to do the gold plating on a diesel pickup. I, I don't know if anybody, like we had looked, I had looked for probably six or seven hours one night, like just trying to see if there was somebody who had done it and I couldn't find anybody. And uh, in that same exact phone call, he's like, what do you think about it? And I was like, well, I mean, let's go for it. The Royal Cummins. <laughs> I was like, we're king around here. Let's do it. Let's, let's, let's claim our throne for a week. Until does, somebody else takes over. How does it hold up? Uh, it holds up pretty stout. I mean, in reality, it's only got 4,600 miles on it. So I would expect it to still be stout, but uh, it looks just like the day I picked it up. It's very good. It's very, It looks just like gold like a gold watch like the more you rub it you're gonna scratch it but like keeping it clean super easy because uh the guys over there suggested that we uh that i ceramic coat them all well the only issue with that was i'm in vermont and the parts are in wyoming <laughs> and so i sent levi over the stuff to do it and just kind of walked him through how to do it and so he went through and did all my parts for me that was cool of him because at the end of the day, like he also like this build was this build was important for unique performance. I think I think it uh, I think every build is important for every company. I mean, every job I do is important for my business because all it takes is one bad job yeah. and yeah. you can really deteriorate your name that you've spent years creating. And so like there's a lot of things that like he went through and he was very like very uh good with like i like i was impressed that like he went through and like when they were putting on my parts he's wearing black or the white like cloth gloves like trying not to scratch it which was cool like yeah like those are things that were like nice to see with and, the I, I was gonna ask you because i we were chatting a little bit before the podcast about power numbers and you had uh kind of mentioned that uh, in the future you're looking for a little bit more. So I wanted to ask you, you know, after the first of the year, you know, heading into 2022, besides the paint and that kind of doing the frame and everything, what are you, what are you thinking for power numbers? What are, what are your goals or what are you shooting for for next year? So I, I think power number wise, it's going to remain uh, where it sits at the moment for this year, at least. Uh, I think I'd rather uh, take some of my investments and try to turn them into a positive equity gain instead of a, instead of my cute little lawn ornament <laughs> that I have. Um, but in the upcoming years, there's I right now it's got a stock intercooler radiator. Uh, it's it's just got some things that like I don't want stock. Like, uh, I've got, like, those will be some of the first things that I change. And those evidently will give some form more of horsepower, but it's more about longevity and care wise. I'd rather have all the things in there to help the motor, uh, remain together than, uh, gain more power right off. If we were to go for more power, I think. Probably the biggest hop is going to be a twin turbo setup. 
we'll go for uh, compounds. Uh, I have a slosh fab kit on the way. Jake is Jake is a man. Uh, he, I talked to him before I even did the build and was like, Hey, I want you involved in this because the whole idea behind the build was I really wanted to give the attention to a lot of guys, the guys who bust their home, like Jake has slosh fab. Jake's been hustling since the day he started. And then you look at it and he, his kits aren't the most popular. His kit, his kits are awesome. They're solid. They're stout. They, they, they speak for themselves. And um, so I talked to him about it and just kind of like ran by like, hey, this is kind of the idea here. And before I knew it, I paid for shipping and Jake was sending me a second gen kit, like like my intake horn and the cool crossover too. Jake was like, dude, I want to take care of you. Like, let's do this. This is fun. Like, I, I want my name on this. So that was super cool to like have somebody who was like, like he was excited to be involved, which is what I wanted. Like the whole goal was to be like, okay, hey, like people look at this truck and it's a unique performance truck. Yeah, they're, they're the ones who assembled it. But like there's so much more to it. Like uh like uh they uh like there's so many people who are involved. I mean, locally there's a handful of guys involved. Torrance Reed, I don't know if you know of Torrance, he's a big puller around here. And that's a cool kid you'd you'd enjoy a conversation with. He's a farm boy. Like just a very unique person, but Torrance is smart and Torrance worked on this truck quite a bit. Uh, Adam Rainville, Trevor Day, like there's, there was like three guys who had had their hands in it. And it was cool because like, um, we got, um, there was all these people that were involved and everybody still has their name involved in it. Like, like the guys who did like, uh the fuel system i didn't take out i didn't change the fuel system that was in it yeah we added fueling but like torrance's part in the truck's still there he's still like a relevant part of this he's the whole reason the truck turns over like so like it was like that was the idea it was like i didn't want to be the cookie cutter oh yeah everything is everything is fleece everything is like sinister d's like no we, we've got an array of parts that all came together to create this it's one of the things like that's one of the things with your build that, that i've definitely um you know seen and it, it's cool is it wasn't an easy process <clears throat> it wasn't something where you know you just you know took out your credit card ordered some parts put them all on you know on a weekend or through a couple weeks and it, it was done there was a a process of you wanted the truck for a while you saved up for it you invested in it you had a vision for it there were some you know, delays just because of how the world is now with things and the 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 people that have have helped you, you mentioned chase flee some of the people locally um yeah. unique performance i'm sure there's a lot of other places and i think it's a really important part that anyone who's thinking of doing any sort of build with their truck is to know that you're going to have you're going to have some things that aren't fun to deal with you're going to have some delays you're going to have some some frustrations but the more you can have the people involved talk with each other um it's it just it, it makes it that much 
that much better or just it it does so much for the whole process is the communication so i think that's a really cool part uh of what you've done and like i said i've i've seen your truck before um on instagram on on unique performances page on other places um yeah and it's it's something that just captures your eye and i could tell that you're really passionate about it um you put a lot of of time and effort and creativity into it and I know there's going to be people out there that they might have a question. They might want to ask you about the manual valve body. They might say, Hey, what, how did, what did you do with the headlights? How'd you get them look like that? You know, what, yeah. how'd you do all that stuff? What's a way that people can reach out to you, follow the build, see what you're doing, reach out to you, chat with you, or just, you know, be able to, uh, you know, w- just watch what you're doing and, and see, see the changes you make. Uh, we, uh, so you guys can keep up with me. Uh, my Instagram's typically that's where the truck is like, the truck doesn't, it's not a big Facebook warrior, but on Instagram, it's, it, that's where I keep everybody pretty much up to date. Uh, my Instagram is blondinz6.7. That's B-L-O-N-D-I-N-Z 6.7. Um, that's pretty much the best place to keep into the truck is right there. I mean, anything that happens, any changes that are made, like that's there. The truck goes in here in a couple of days. And is going to get some work done. And so with that work being done, we're going to now be able to see, okay, look at this. Now, like, you'll be able to see the updates there. Everybody will be in the same loop. Because, like, last thing I want to do is, like, my goal is, like, like, I'm not – I want to be honest with everybody. Like, if it wasn't a great experience, I got no issue saying that. It's better me than you. And so, like, that's it. Like, I, I don't want to hide anything. It's, like, it's the high-power diesel game, the best – well, high-power diesel game. It's your average 1,000-horsepower grocery getter. But they uh, – yeah, the truck is – the tr- Instagram is where the truck kind of just expresses itself. Well, I, I appreciate the time, you know, being able to chat with you. And it was cool to be able to connect, you know, with our schedules and just be able to learn more about it. It's, it's really the story, you know, behind the truck, which, you know, in, Instagram is fantastic for being able to see, you know, builds that are out there, or trucks or just things people are doing. But there's so much more to the to the story that we just can't get from a picture. So it was cool to hear, you know, your story with your truck, your build, the companies that helped you, the people that helped you. And definitely look forward to seeing uh, what you do. Make sure and send me some pictures when you get the cab off and are doing those, that, oh, yeah. the frame and the detail and all that stuff. I, I definitely love seeing that. So. Oh, yeah, we'll keep you in the loop, my man. Hey, it was, just, it was an honor to sit down and talk with you. Uh, thanks again for having me. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to our Discord. You're going to find the link down below. Totally free to join. Tons of different sections. So if you want to focus on, you know, one of the three brands or you're just brand new to diesel, want to ask some questions about what you should look for. Um, we have Shop Talk. We have a meme page, which is hilarious. You guys keep me laughing all the time, posting things in there. I want to see you on there. Make sure you join. I want to give a shout out to a couple of our, a couple of our Patreons as well. Texas Diesel Supply and Rights Diesel Services. We appreciate their support and all the support you guys have given us over the years. Um, you know, and growing, we, we started really humbly. It was, you know, like a no name, uh, no name setup of, uh, electronics, you know, that I had trying to do this and we were just, you know, kind of navigating it, trying to figure it out. But what drove us is we wanted to be able to take the stories that we would hear, 
at diesel events or in the shop and be able to let you guys all hear them, whether it's a racer, um, the owner of a company, somebody who just invented a new part, an event organizer, just be able to uh, make sure that, you know, it's not just 10 or 15 or 20 people that are hearing the story that they're telling, you know, after hours at the shop that thousands of you can hear. So we appreciate uh, the support and growing our YouTube channel, our Instagram, our Facebook, um, the downloads and plays that you guys give us every year. We wouldn't be here without you guys and we appreciate your support. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.